Welcome back to another edition of Boomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And not only are we back with another edition, we are back from our intensely successful Chicago trip. So successful. Like, the last episode, if you listened just recently, we were a little nervous. A little nervous about how things were going to play out. Went fantastic. We said before it happened that if you're listening to this in the future, it went great. Yeah, it was great. And it actually was great. Yeah, we knew. We used well, the time you turner. Knew. You knew. I didn't know. Ah. But if you joined us in Chicago Welcome. for, for C2E2, uh, it, we had a, just, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. The Harry Potter trivia went off without a hitch in the yard. In the yard. We had so many people. I think we had like 170 teams, people logged in. Yeah, logins. Devices logged uh, in. Devices logged in, yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. But some of the teams had... Five or six people. Yeah, two people up to six people. So I, I'm going to guess there was probably 400-ish people there playing, which is it's, it's insane. It's insane. A, we, it's a big place. And we threw out t-shirts and gave away so many prizes. So many. Uh, we had uh, our top three winners, but then we also had so many Harry Potter themed prizes just for participating. And it was, I, it couldn't have gone any better. Like if you logged in on the last like three questions, you were entered in a participation prize. You could have just, you could have got a prize. So thanks to everybody who, who came and participated. Special thanks to... Kelly, our favorite Slytherin up in uh, Manhattan, who made the trip down. Catherine, uh, one of our favorite Ravenclaws. Yeah, a lot of Ravenclaws. Uh, another one of our favorite Ravenclaws, Anastasia, flew in. Mm-hmm. She came here, hung out. From Connecticut. Uh, most of the gang was there, except for Jennifer. She didn't want to come. She doesn't like us anymore. But most of the gang was there, and I got a thank my ladies for helping me out with uh, the technology and then also with the prizes and everything it was it couldn't have gone better and the the people at c2e2 were so nice (laughs) yeah there were tech guys everywhere and they're like can we help you is this okay you want does it sound okay you want us to fix this what about Mm -hmm. this i mean he he was they were Two of them? I think it was two mm-hmm. of them. There. two gentlemen, yeah. And I they wish were I just got their names. everywhere. So but, helpful. Yeah, one was kind of in charge of, like, was like, seemed like the super tech guy, and the other one was kind of in charge of the stage and knew, knew his way around the technical setup, but they got us 
plugged right in and hooked right up. And I thought it sounded great. Uh-huh. There were other people earlier in the day that I thought we walked by and I'm like, oh, you can't hear him at all. This isn't going to work. But I heard you, you sounded great. Oh my so God. they they turned us up. Oh you, my God. You have a, you know, you used your teacher voice. Oh my God, Jess. Thank you. That sounded great. Oh, wow. Sounded great. Wow. Wow. So much fun. Uh, hopefully we'll get to do it again someday. There was, there was drama, too. There was drama. Like, so much drama. Like competitive drama. Yeah, there was, I mean... The top five teams always show up on the screen, but, and they kept shifting, except for one guy, Adam, he was holding on to the top spot. I thought he was going to, like, run away with it. I was like, oh, well, you know, at least everybody else is shifting around. Lots of people are getting their names on the board. And then the last question, Adam faltered. I feel so bad for Adam now. 11 points. He missed it by 11 points. Yeah. Pretty crazy. But still walked away with a nice bag full of of stuff. Yeah, he did. And uh, Snape's on a plane. Third place. Third place. I I really, uh, that was one I was rooting for. I liked the name. So thanks everybody. Like I said, thanks everybody at C2E2. Uh, I believe the next show is April. April? Yeah, C2E2 in oh, April. I was like, for us? And I what? Think, and I think tickets are already on sale. So C2E2.com. Uh, get your tickets for, uh, I believe it's the last weekend in March, first weekend in April. And that's not an April Fool's joke, people. No. Get your tickets. Uh, we have to shout out the winning team. We mentioned Adam and we mentioned Snape's on a plane. The winning team was Percy did nothing wrong. Ah, but the there wasn't enough characters in the name to to type that all out so it said percy did nothing percy did nothing and kelly was like yeah that's more accurate yeah (laughs) i don't really understand the percy did nothing wrong i guess it's open to interpretation i guess but so far percy's done lots wrong in this book yeah it was kind of funny how that like coincided with exactly what we were reading hey we uh still under a cough warning uh, no, we've been downgraded. Oh, wow. Just a tropical storm. <laughs> no, it's a watch. <laughs> Warnings and watches. Uh, it's like, like when not the, a tropical storm. When the hurricane gets... It's like, oh, it's not downgraded. really a hurricane. It's just a tropical no. storm. So if we were on a cough warning, now we're on a cough watch. Yeah. There, The conditions are right, but uh-huh. there's nothing on the radar. I saw that on Facebook, they said, tell the difference between a tornado warning and a tornado watch is like... A tornado watch is like, we have the ingredients to make tacos, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a tornado warning is, we're having tacos right now. Right now. (laughs) Yes. So the conditions are favorable for coughing, but so far, no coughing. And add me to that list, too, because the reason why we didn't record right after C2E2... Got a little convention crud. Yeah, a little con crud. Um, I was sick for about two weeks and just now got my voice back, just in time for the first day of school. It's good timing. I guess. I mean, I still got a little bit of residual whatever, but, you know, so I'm I'm not coughing like I was, though. I was no. hacking up a lung before. But like I said, C2E2, great. It, it couldn't have gone smoother. Wi-Fi held up. The technology held up. 
and um, couldn't if couldn't have been happier. Couldn't be happier with it. And uh, Percy did nothing wrong. Uh, like I said, is open to interpretation. But in the book that we're currently reading, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, uh, someone say Percy is uh, kind of being a little bit of uh, a git. A git. Right now with yeah. his family. Yeah, and your shirt says "Don't be a git." So if you believe Percy did nothing wrong, send us an email, broomsticks.butterbeer at yeah. gmail.com. Explain and, that side of the and, argument uh, for us. Explain yourself. I don't I don't understand. Uh, let's talk about Chapter 6, what we uh, discussed in the last episode. A little brief recap here. The noble and most ancient house of black. Molly is trying to get the kids to go to bed immediately, thinking this will prevent them from sharing what they learned at Harry's question and answer session with the Order of the Phoenix. Uh, we spent about 20 pages spraying the house for doxies and giving the house a good cleaning. Uh, Fred and George are secretly stealing the day's doxies to use their venom for their trick jokes. We're introduced to Creature, the racist house elf, who has served the House of Black for many years and very much takes after Sirius's hateful mother. Creature is trying to stash away family relics from the House of Black to prevent Sirius from throwing them away. We learn that Sirius is the black sheep, or in this case, the black dog of the House of Black. And Sirius ran away as a teenager because he didn't agree with his family's values. We learn that the House of Black is also related to some other unsavory families, the Lestranges and the Malfoys. Ew. And we learn that the next day, Arthur Weasley will take Harry to the Ministry for Harry's hearing on whether or not he will be expelled from Hogwarts. Yeah. So, not a lot of action, but we had, but we kind of set everything up. Yeah, met some new characters, particularly some racist characters. <laughs> uh, chapter seven, what we're going to talk about today, is titled "The Ministry of Magic," and last chapter. Jessica, I, have a, I had a question for you, and you kind of just shooed me away. Oh. Uh, but I'm going to revisit it here at the beginning. Okay. Uh, I asked whether or not these portraits on the wall just gawk at people while, when they undress. And you assured me that this was not the case. However, in the very first paragraph... How, did I really assure you? You assured let's, me. Check the tape, people. Let's check, let's check the tape. Go back. I said they're not always there. And you said, well, it's not even really them. It's not really them. So it's not like you can really, you can't really, you know, they're not really like even real. So you they're can't not really real. Like, it seems like these people in these paintings are taking great pride in watching uh, teenagers undress. They're not real people, though. The first paragraph, Harry is getting dressed to go to his hearing, and it says, quote, the blank picture on the wall sniggered again. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it said. So what's going on there? What? I don't know. It's kind of weird. Somebody in that, we don't know who's in that picture, but they are peeking and sniggering. Uh-huh. But they're uh, not a real person. Huh? It seems like we're you kind of compared it to like a uh, a Superman Jor El thing where he puts little crystals in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember saying that. 
However, this is this is not that. This is not like a pre-programmed yeah, uh, set of reactions. It's slightly interactive. We, these are very interactive peeping toms. They're, it's not the real person. The real person's gone. I'm pretty sure that I would cover all of these paintings up every every night before I went to bed or every time I felt like uh, I needed to get undressed. I don't feel like you're that modest. I don't need weird people. I don't they know. Would be, well, th- okay, Harry's in a house that he is unfamiliar with, but if it was you in your house, it would be people you know. That's even weirder. <laughs> like your, your, your relatives? Yeah. Well, maybe not have them in your bedroom. And going, hee 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 hee. You think, you think Jake wouldn't laugh at you? I think you got caught. I think you got caught um, being wrong. No. And you don't want to admit it. I'm not wrong. They're not real people. The real person, the real personality is not in that photo. Seems like it might be. in that painting. Seems like it might be a little bit. It has their characteristics. Mm. But it, like, doesn't have a soul. Even their Peeping Tom characteristics. Yes. Even their pervy, creepy characteristics. If that was their characteristics in real life. Hey, got another question for you. Uh-huh. Uh, should Harry be wearing something nicer than a t-shirt and jeans to this hearing? <laughs> I kind of thought about that, but I guess he didn't have anything else. He couldn't have, like, gone to the thrift shop and got him something. He's, he's rich. Yeah. So. Yeah, but he can't just go shopping and out and about. They're trying to keep a little profile. Any number of people in that house could have apparated to Di- Diagon Alley and you know, picked up a blazer or something like that. I, well, it wasn't supposed to be a big deal, too, though. It was just in some lady's office. But still, uh, if you're going to court or going to some kind of disciplinary hearing, or if you're a prisoner who's at a parole hearing, you try to make, are you going to a job interview? You try to make yourself presentable, right? To give a, a certain sense of who you are and how you want to be portrayed. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a little odd. I, but then I just... Wrinkly t-shirt and jeans. It was freshly laundered. I don't know. I just thought maybe he should dress up a little bit. This is kind of important. A little bit. Uh, Arthur is taking Harry to his hearing, but Arthur normally apparates to work. Why is he not doing that today? Uh, he said that he, well, because, one, because Harry can't, he can't do anything magical, and because of the nature of the hearing, how he is in trouble for doing magic when he wasn't supposed to, they thought it would be best to go in the non-magical way. Put on a, give a better, uh, showing or appearance of, of oneself? Yes. But is, but he just gonna wear his but just gonna his wear junky clothes. <laughs> Maybe it makes him look more little kiddish. There's like a band T-shirt, like an ACDC <laughs> shirt or something. Maybe like that. Maybe they're going for little kiddish. Oh, so like maybe wears like a big like oversized one, yeah, like oversized yeah. shirt, and make him this. Look at this little kid. He couldn't do anything wrong. Nope. 
I take just, pity on him. His clothes don't even fit. He's just a little kid. He's just a little boy. He's a baby, really. Uh, they're taking the subway instead. Uh, describe. You giggled as I said that. <laughs> I love Arthur. Describe. Weasley. Okay, so do me a favor. Describe Arthur's subway experience here, from the ticket buying machines to the map of the stops. He's just so excited. Um, he just wants to look at it all, touch it all, take it all in. He thinks the ticket machines are just amazing. These are just brilliant. Look at them. They're glorious. And Harry's like, they're broken. They're out of order. We can't use them. But we can go to the ticket master. Yes, we can go and use the muggle money. Uh, Harry had to deal with the money, uh-huh. uh, you know, just to make sure there were no issues. And Harry buys the tickets. They get on the subway. Uh, Arthur is very, very closely monitoring the stops. I, I'm sure he, he did his homework beforehand. He studied. He's memorized where he need to go. And he is counting down. He's not going to mess this up. Five stops now. Four stops now. <laughs> Three stops now. So my question to you is... <clears throat> This obviously brings Arthur great joy, mm-hmm. this whole experience. Why didn't he just do it every day? I don't know. He could. I don't see why not. I mean, maybe getting muggle money on the regular is difficult. Maybe. I'm, I'm just assuming he's always behind and slow, and so he mm. has to take the fastest route possible because he gets distracted easily. Got to apparate or take a, take the flu network or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just something quicker because, you know, that busy household, there's lots of kids, there's lots of things going on in the morning, and even when all the kids are at school, I feel like he still would get distracted. Yeah, my dad's never on time. And for, run late and go. Yeah. Oh, bud, I'm... I'm running, I'm running 30, 40 minutes behind. <laughs> About right. Yeah, we know, we know my mom is the uh, personification of Molly Weasley. Yes. Uh, so my dad, by extension of that, would be Arthur. Yeah, to some extent. To he some doesn't ex- have to the, the wonder. He's also a, very much a Slytherin through and through. Yes, he's not, not a Gryffindor. Although my mom isn't either. She's a Hufflepuff. Molly Carly could have been a Hufflepuff. So, apparently there's a rundown old telephone booth that serves... In, in a not-so-great part of town. In not-a-great part of town that serves as like a secret passage to the visitor's entrance in the Ministry of Magic? Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta use that red iconic telephone booth. Do you think if... People are reading, younger people than us, are reading these books for the first time. They have a hard time even envisioning what a telephone booth is. Of all the telephone booths in the world, that would be the one that people would recognize. Like, I know we don't even have those here, but it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they're one is just known for the red that red telephone booth. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, it's not as big a thing. And it's not something that they have something to compare here. Like, there just haven't been telephone booths around here forever. Like, even when I was little, I didn't see a lot of telephone booths. Mm -hmm. You just had the 
the pole with the little like rain shield on yeah. it that had the telephone inside. Yeah, booths booths were starting to get uh, outsourced a little bit by the time we started getting old. I say probably by the time we were teenagers, they weren't really around as as at all unless it was some kind of you know uh, nostalgia thing that they that they kept up. Yeah. But, you know, with the weather in London and it always being so rainy and stuff, I, they had to keep their telephone booths longer. So, I don't know, I just... I, I guess when I hear telephone booths, I kind of picture our blue ones, mm-hmm. but not really. I think I kind of picture the red one more. And I've never even seen one in real life. There's also the, like, the Doctor Who <clears throat> police call box, the TARDIS. I mean, that's kind of kept that in the zeitgeist of of society for you know people who uh, generations of people who would have no idea what those are but because of doctor who it's kind of kept it uh, around even though i don't think they're in in service anymore and in england i'm not sure Uh, somebody over in england i know we got listeners over there shoot us an email broomstick.butterbeer at gmail.com send me a picture with of you in a <laughs> in a phone booth or a police call box, and I'll send you a T-shirt. Ooh, yeah, and that's going to be pricey to send it over to London, but I'm willing to do it. Yep, if we can get a picture. You got it. So uh, they go, uh, they dial the numbers on the broken or on the seemingly broken phone. That's a popular trivia question. It is, and I already forgot what the numbers are. Kelly knew it. We did a trivia, and she knew it. Did an online Harry it's Potter it spells show. something. Oh, it spells magic. It spells magic. That's right. There you go. I remember that. Now. You did. She knew the numbers, and you were like, "How would you just remember random <laughs> numbers?" And I was like, "No, babe. It spells something." And that's, that's an- how we remember. And that's another thing too. I think you know, entire gen- entire generation of people probably don't even realize that the. The numbers on the phone yeah, cor- numbers correlate letters. to the letters, and even though the letters are on there, mm-hmm. you know, if they if they have an iPhone or some or something like that, they don't use those letters for texting purposes. Yeah. There's usually a keyboard. Uh, the first phone that I had that I texted with, I texted with <laughs> the. Uh, it didn't have a keyboard on it. He's so doing if, the little thumb thing, guys. Yeah, so if I wanted to spell, you know, the if I wanted to use a C. I had to press that button three times and then press a button and again. And then if you went too far, end. you had to keep going yep. and go through it all mm-hmm. again. People don't realize the struggle. It was a struggle. <laughs> we're on the, we were on the struggle bus back then. So when we we press the numbers, Harry gets like a little visitor's pe- badge that, that <laughs> yeah, pops out. Out of the coin slot. Here you go. And then I guess we're kind of taking down below level yeah lowered down into the ministry of magic and i kind of thought that harry had to go through security and i kind of thought that harry was going to have to turn his wand in yeah to security for the duration of the visit you know like in government buildings you're not allowed to have firearms or anything like that fire legs what well, what did he call it? <laughs> he said fire legs. Was it fire legs? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. I I guess I I and I didn't even think about that when I was mentioning mentioning checking a firearm when you go into a, like a government building. 
But later on in the chapter, there is, uh, was it, uh, Kingsley. Kingsley and Arthur kind of have an interaction in the ministry. And Kingsley mentions, hey, your report, your muggle report on muggle fire legs. No, it's firearms. Yeah. Means guns. Weaponry. So good catch by you on that one. But I, I kind of thought that Harry was going to have to like turn his wand in and maybe he'd get it on the way out. But that's not really what happened. I was a little confused about what they did. It was almost like they just kind of, it was like a coat check kind of situation, but you got to keep the coat. Like, they gave you the ticket for the coat check? I think it was more of, like, they scanned it, like, to know what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is your wand, this is, like, a registration? Yeah, but why? More? I don't know. What would be the point of that if they just gave him the wand back? I could see, like, not wanting visitors and non-ministry workers to have a weapon. Inside the ministry? I suppose if he went in and did something with it, they could... And and he left it behind, they could prove whose it was? Seemed a little weird to me. Yeah. It seemed a little... I don't know, like there was a... Yeah, if they weren't going to take it, like, what was the point? Right. But, yeah, just more like a registration, like you, you register who's driving what car. I mean, assume at this point... The kid, like the kids at Hogwarts, all have wands, but they're not registered. Nobody knows what kind of wand they're using. Well, as we take the elevator to Arthur's office, we get a sneak peek into the different departments within the ministry on the different floors. Honestly, I was kind of surprised that Arthur just doesn't ride the elevator all day. Why would he ride the elevator all day? Because it seems like a, like a Muggle invention thing that would just kind of fascinate him yeah but it's something that they use in the wizard world so i think it loses its magic so that that was that's was going to be my follow-up like i guess the maybe it's that and maybe it's also the like the concept of the elevator i mean you even see like in like medieval movies and stuff like the real like archaic uh, you know, pull mechanisms, you know, levers and pulleys and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the original concept of the elevator, not the not the automatic elevator, but the original concept of the elevator was like the, the early 1800s. So like maybe by the time this is happening, like in the late 1990s, it's they've been around for almost 200 years. And maybe it's maybe Arthur is more fascinated with like the more modern stuff. Yeah. Also, I think, so these elevators sound very primitive, mm-hmm. and then they've just been magicked to do what they need to do, so I think that takes away from it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like an like an elevator, a muggle elevator, where you go and you push the button, and he knows there's no magic involved, but yet it seems like magic. Mm-hmm. That's what excites him. I think by knowing that it that it is propelled by magic takes all the fun away from it interesting for him we mentioned him a second ago another member of the order of the phoenix is there kingsley shacklebolt and we get a little peek into the lengths that kingsley and arthur have to go to disguise their familiarity with one another uh their communication with one another 
Uh, can you talk a little bit about how they kind of had to talk in almost like a, a a code to keep everybody from knowing like how close they are and how uh, their involvement together in the Order of the Phoenix and things like that? There wasn't a whole lot going on in this chapter. Like we're just kind of making our way through the ministry and just seeing what there is to see. But even given that, this was kind of my favorite little moment in the chapter because I just thought it was adorable. They they pretended like they didn't really know each other, were kind of cold, a little snippy with each other, but and they'd speak loudly about something trivial and then he oh, Molly's making Molly's meatballs making tonight. Meatballs Come on over if, if you can, can get over. It'd be great. <laughs> I just thought it was rather cute. You need to take a look at this. Show him the magazine. Would, yeah, this would be a magazine. Maybe uh, so-and-so would like to take a look at it. Be interested in it. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was a really cute interaction. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It, I didn't really remember it from previous reads. And, yeah, I just liked it. I thought it was interesting, too, that there's still pictures of Sirius everywhere. everywhere. And, of course, they're all... Their eyes follow Harry everywhere. <laughs> but, you know, Kingsley and Arthur, they see Sirius pretty much every day, you know, if not several times a week. Kingsley is actively hunting him. Yeah. It's like he might be using his motorcycle again. We need we need a report on motorcycles, it's, magical yeah. flying vehicles. We need to know more about this so that we can find him. It, it just, it kind of reminded me of, like Commissioner Gordon has to pretend that he's like hunting the Batman, the vigilante, but he's really like working with them behind the scenes. But for to the public and to the rest of the police force, he has to put up this, you know, this I follow ruse. all the rules and all the laws. Right. But you've got the Batman who sometimes you need somebody outside the law a little bit. And Commissioner Gordon understands that. And it just particularly when Kingsley things are has, so bad. Yeah, Kingsley you know. has to pretend that he's doing this manhunt for uh, Sirius, but yet he's you know breaking bread with him, you know, several nights a week. Yeah. Bit of a plot twist toward the end of the chapter. The the cursed toilets. <laughs> no. Oh. No. I thought that's where you were going. No, there was uh, there's some hooligans out there that are wreaking cur- havoc on the Muggle cursing toilets. Muggle toilets, and I think Harry even kind of mentioned, "Well, you send any orders after them?" <laughs> no, he's like, "No, these are like low level. It's not the Joker. This we're is going petty crime. We're, we're not going after the Riddler or the Joker. We're going after the uh, well, this is teenagers being the, the thugs. Yeah, but the plot twist here: the time and location of Harry's hearing have been changed." <gasps> With oh, no. very little notice. And Harry needs to head to the hearing like right now. Like he's already a few minutes late, in fact. And more than that, the hearing is not just like right now, but it's been changed to the old courtrooms, presumably in the dark basement of the ministry. Yeah, that haven't been used in years and years and years. So a couple of things popped up in my head when I was reading those. Arthur gets a really bad feeling when he wonders why they'd use the old courtrooms. He said something like, why would they use those unless, no. No, they wouldn't. 
So anything you can tell me about that, or do I just need to wait? Um, I think you're gonna have to wait. But were the old courtrooms used for like really bad criminals or something like like? And maybe like Arthur is worried that they're associating Harry's little mishap in uh, the underpass to these rooms that we've used for mega criminals in the past or am i just overthinking it um i don't really remember or know that we get a clarification of what he was going to say or what he thought because as we the last line of the chapter he doesn't go in and the next chapter we're in the room with harry so i don't know that we ever really find out what he was going to say or what he was thinking so, I can't really speculate other than I believe these are like the same courtrooms that we have seen before mm, in the Pensieve. In the Pensieve, with when, and like, I feel like he was going to say they haven't used these since mm-hmm. those time periods when they had to sentence and trial all those people. Which seems, I mean, and that could kind of lend to what I was saying that this seems like a pretty low level hearing that we're having right now. It was now. supposed to be in some lady's office. And now we're going to have it in the place where we decided to lock up some of the worst death eaters. You know, death eaters and wizards and witches in, in history. Yeah. So there's kind of a very negative connotation there that probably puts Arthur very much on edge. And I wonder, Harry has seen these rooms before through the Pensieve. I wonder if Harry's going to kind of make that connection when he goes into the room. We'll see. The other thing that I thought of, the the last-minute change of venue and the last-minute change of time kind of seems a little convenient. And it makes me wonder if there's some anti-Harry contingent within the ministry changing the time and the venue of the hearing to maybe either make Harry look bad because if he misses it or if he's late or is this just government buffoonery? (laughs) Oh no. It's completely intentional. Okay. And I think Harry missing it or being late would be an added bonus to what they were intending. Mm Mm-hmm. So there is some behind the scenes uh, moving and shaking here that we need to keep an eye on. Somebody's up to something. Well, the next chapter, like you said, is the hearing. So we're going to find out a lot more, maybe the, even the answer to some of those questions in the next chapter. Uh, and that's pretty much the chapter seven here. I do have an email. It's not a question. Oh. But it is uh, a, a nice email that I wanted to read. Uh, and it kind of made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside oh i could i could do some warm and fuzzy well wh- this week's warm and fuzzy uh sunshine puppy dogs and rainbows comes from stephanie bowers in aurora illinois oh we were just in that area guess what we were just in the same room as stephanie bowers what uh stephanie wrote to us broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com and she wrote hello broomsticks and butterbeer Just wanted to thank you for the awesome trivia at C2E2 this past weekend. It was my daughter, Allison's first C2E2. When I asked her what her favorite part of the weekend was, she said, 
the Quidditch, and getting to pick a prize at the Harry Potter trivia. Yay! We've already started listening to the podcast on the way to and from school each day. Thanks for the laughs and entertainment. Well, hi, guys, and welcome to the show. I, I guess it'll take them a while to catch up to this one. Yeah. But, surprise! I don't know. I know Jane, like, got through them in a weekend one one weekend, so <laughs> she got caught up super quick. We weren't as far, though, either. Yeah. That was, like, two books ago. Was it that long ago? I feel like. Man, time flies. But, yeah, you can uh, send us emails, broomsticksoutbutterbeer at gmail.com, or tweet us at broomsticksb. Or uh, send us a message, message on Facebook. Facebook numbers keep going up. Yeah. Every couple of days, get notification. You have more likes. You have mm-hmm. more followers. So it's nice uh, to be able to, I don't know, just made me feel real good to make somebody's weekend mm-hmm. with just the little things we try to do. It reminded me when we asked Anastasia what her favorite part of C2E2 was. She's like, I don't know. What did we do just like just now? <laughs> like we the trivia it wasn't our trivia we we played the pop culture trivia uh-huh. on sunday yeah we were just kind of killing time on sunday uh just for a few hours had kind of seen everything but uh we're just kind of walking around the show floor had a nice. couple hours and said hey let's go do pop culture trivia and guess what we finished third third you me and anastasia dream mm-hmm. team and turned out to be her favorite part of the sh- of the trip. Anastasia's a hard uh, hard lady to impress. Yeah. So's Olivia. <laughs> uh, Olivia being uh, Kelly's daughter, uh, who just turned five months, I believe, not that long ago. Coming up on and six she, months. She's not impressed now. with anything. Definitely not me. Well, you scared her. Well, she wasn't impressed before I scared her. I got a little too overzealous with my, my game of peekaboo. Yeah. But before that, we've got this picture where she's just sitting on my lap looking like she could not care less. Are you guys leaving anytime soon or what's the plan? Not here? impressed by anything. Not, uh, I'm going to have to step up my game, I guess. Uh, for the next however many years that I'm on this planet and then I got to, uh, try to get her to think i'm cool <laughs> but uh, anything else about chapter seven anything else about c2e2 anything else about um talk weather or politics or mm, no none of that sounds fun no nah. uh speaking of not fun went back to school today today was the first day of school <laughs> that was smooth yeah it was a little uh, hectic year, year 20 for me you're my 20th first day of school. 21st day of school. Five more to go until I can retire. Bail. Mm-hmm. Bail out. Uh, ours wasn't that. Our, our day wasn't that bad, though. It was Ours was just hectic. Yeah, it's first day is always hectic. First week's always hectic. Things will settle in. You're, there's a lot of herding kittens around. It's just like... They just don't even know what a line is. Mm-hmm. Like, can you stand in line? And they, like, they why, don't. Why would I do that? I like, no I am. I have, like, no, you're running down the hall. You're in the opposite direction. That's not standing in a line. I have but no they concept have no of idea. This. No idea. It'll get better. Uh, shout out to all you teachers out there that are, uh, some of you already in like your second or third week of school. Some of you going back this week. Some of you got a couple more weeks, like Kelly. Yeah. So, uh, good luck. Hang in there. May the force be with you. 
And uh, thanks everybody for listening, downloading, and subscribing. Uh, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review on that pa- platform as well, and it helps up our profile a little bit here. And uh, Jess, if you got nothing else, I guess we will uh, wrap it up here. I got nothing else. And say, be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk. Or a git. And we'll see you next time on Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Bye.